This is Shane Warne. Make sure you plough on. Steel Plum and CC, plough on, guys. Yeah, we didn't win the link by accident. We did that by design. It was very much planned. I'll just try to get it in the right spot, really, and see what happens. He said to me, mate, I really think you should put your lid on. Next ball, bowl me a bouncer, which went for six. So. <laughs> this, this club is beyond cricket. Plowman's cricket is the greatest club in the world. Hello and welcome to the Thanks For Coming podcast. My name's Liam and today I'm not joined by Matt Bolshaw who's turned his back on us for the remainder of the season. He's done a great job so far so thanks very much Bush. Appreciate his uh, reasons from taking a bit of time away from the show. And based on his uh, input at the end of last season after he stopped playing, I think he's probably done all of, all of our listeners a favour by making that decision. And as promised last week, I'm joined today by my new co-host for the remainder of the season, Matt Spencer. Welcome. How are you? I'm very good, Liam. Co-host sounds like a serious role. I, I like to think of myself more of your cheerleader. I'm just here to, uh, to cheer you on as you're doing a fantastic job. And, and we all think that. So uh, that's from the club to you. Thank you for coming, Liam. Cheers, mate. Appreciate that. Um, this is Matt Bolshaw's podcast, not mine, so um, we'll bear that in mind. We're joined today by three very special guests. We've got one on the line right now, and the second is going to join us partway through. So, Spence, who have we got on the show today, and what have we got coming up? Arguably, some of Ploughman's biggest impact players Adam Barraclough, the first one, has definitely cemented himself in club history with his recent league chase, batting with the tail end and really uh, cementing himself, as I say, in league history by bringing a win and bringing up his 50 not out on the final ball. And our other guest, uh, Rahul Nair, has my personal biggest impact uh, when he arrived on tour um, in his suit and left on tour in his suit. Hear more about that in our tour special episode. But he's on here to talk about his cricket. I've batted with him when he's come in and bounced the ball into the church on the Hollies. Not on the full, but he bounced one in. Big impact six in his first over. So two applause, biggest impact players. I'm delighted to have them. And I'm interested to hear more about how they prepare for games. But we'll hear more about that later. We're also going to be looking at your usual fantasy updates any other nonsense, and covering the one game of the weekend. It was a rainy weekend, but we still managed to play cricket because it never rains at Hollies when we don't want it to. Awesome. So, uh, Barras joined us on the line, and you might hear Harry in the background. Welcome to the Thanks For Coming podcast. How are you? G'day, guys. How you going? Uh, it's good to, good to join the podcast finally. I guess I've been a long-time listener, first-time joiner. Uh, yeah, it's good to be here. Yeah, thanks for the invite hotly anticipated thanks very much for joining us today i've asked you many times over the last 18 months or so you finally managed to twist your arm really appreciate that very nervous don't don't like the sound of my own voice so <laughs> hopefully the listeners are okay <laughs> fantastic so uh we'll start out today as we often do um just by hearing a little bit more about you barrows uh first up when did you join the club i started in june 2015 um, I knew Reese Byrne, also known as the Dragon, through a friend, electrician from Dubbo. Um, I had to add him on Facebook and he didn't accept me, so I had to tell my friend to get him to talk to me and yeah, then I started with a full month of availability, yeah, straight away. <laughs> and I haven't looked back. Straight yeah. in there, that's awesome. Um, and yeah, what what a great decision that turned out to be, certainly from our side. Uh, second thing we'd like to know about you is what are your favourite, what's your favourite memory or what are your favourite memories from your time at the player so far? I'd have to say the favourite one was probably beating Yule to win the league because, you know, it wasn't like a final, but we had to beat them to win it and it was the last game so it really felt like that and yeah, it was great to just kind of really do our job do a job on them and yeah such a special day you know we worked hard for that so yeah it was an amazing day i remember that and um if i remember correctly we had to win that to win the league and if we'd lost it depending on how the other results 
had gone, we may have ended up third and not even being promoted that season. Yeah, it was really crazy. But yeah, such a great atmosphere and always, I think a fair few people went down to watch the game. So always good when that happens at home. Great vibes. Fantastic. All right. Thanks for sharing. Um, As I mentioned, Rahul is not here just yet. He's going to join us later. So our final question for you before we move on and have a look at the weekend's games is, who's your favourite parman? (laughs) The dreadful question. Uh, That's pretty hard. I have to name a few. I've got to be that guy. Um, James Desados, he's right up there. (laughs) Italian connection, obviously. And then um, Grant, actually, because he helped me a lot when I first joined. He just lived down the road and we went to games together when I didn't know how to get around London. And also um, ex-plowman Kevin Chow, who we haven't seen in a while. And Yeah, those guys were really kind of good in the early days and yeah, really made it, made it special for me. That's awesome. Great to hear some, some different names on here as well. Um, I'm sure you'll do the same. Uh, th- this time around and have done since in, in welcoming a lot of the new players in. Uh, we've got to know a little bit more about you now. Um, as Rahul is not here just yet, we're going to move on and have a look at the one game that was played this weekend. So let me set the scene. The test cricket has started. There's a, a series, England, India. I'm heading up to Trentbridge for day two. It's the start of August. The summer is here. Test cricket's playing and we've got three games, a league game, two on a Sunday. I'm actually in a Sunday team for one of the rare occasions this weekend. Very much looking forward to it. And of course, uh, being here in the UK, it's absolutely tipping it down. Hot plough uh, summer. Every day. Hashtag wet plough summer. Um, and not just the pitches. And uh, yeah, the text comes around from Lee Skipper on Saturday. Too much rain in the county. Not going to be much cricket today, boys. That's fine. We've got two teams out on the Sunday. Everyone's, you know, leading towards that message from Grant on Sunday. The one game that I literally live next door to, and I know Grant does as well, at Merton CC, abandoned very early on. And then out of nowhere, the message of, we've had a message from DSG. There's going to be some cricket on today. We originally were playing for Dane Green, who we're known to uh, try and get a game out of in the rain. Um, and we had a change of oppo playing a new oppo, Viscount CC. Liam, do you want to tell me a little about Viscount CC and what it was like turning up to the game on Sunday at DSG? Because you, the Earl, were playing at the, uh, at the Earl end, I believe. <laughs> we were. We, we did play at DSG. And it was, a, it was a high suspense morning, really. Bit of an emotional roller coaster. Some of us, mentioning no names, had played the rain card the day before and some of us had played it pretty hard. It doesn't rain at Dulwich, but it <laughs> seems to rain everywhere else at the moment. And every time I want to play league, so it's pretty frustrating at the moment. <laughs> it really has been wet. So, as you mentioned, we've got 9.30, the game is called off at Merton. Uh, was it Merton? Wherever it was. Um, and then... So at this point, we're, we're pretty confident that the, the other games are going to be rained off as well. There's a pitch inspection at 10. And then the pitch inspection is put back half an hour. <laughs> the suspense is just too much. Um, 10.30, we're all checking the WhatsApp groups to see what's going on. Some people are starting to make other plans. And we get the go-ahead. So it's just... Um, Everyone out of the blocks probably a bit slower than they might have been on a normal day. And off to DSG, where we played on Belair pitch. We didn't play on the Hollies because no other cricket team in London or Surrey, I think, had even bothered to go to a cricket ground that day because it had been just so wet. But the covers were on, the pitch was dry, and uh, Simon Carson took a pretty strong team to play against standing opposition, Viscount CC. They had a, a longer name there. I'm trying to remember the full name. Viscount CC. So it was an unknown opposition. And uh, we went down there for what, what was a, a very exciting game of cricket. I love, I love when you say Simon Carson took a fairly strong <laughs> yeah. team. Has he ever not? They're always strong. Now. You know, club captain on the selection committee. Has he ever not taken a strong team somewhere? So Simon's captain, 
Um, we've debated his tossing action quite a lot on this podcast, but how did he get on on the day and what was the result of that? Opposition skipper won the toss and elected to bat. So we pretty much had it our way anyway. And the track was really good. Like Bel Air wicket is probably the best batting wicket down there. It was dry, it was fairly hard, and it played pretty well, really, considering the conditions. Uh, we went out to field, which we, were, which we were more than happy with, and there were a few familiar faces in the opposition. Um, some from, well, one in particular, Wayne Walters, was in the opposition, and then there were a few familiar faces as well. We've seen around DSG, we've seen around Stratton Marlborough, one from uh, another one from Balham and Tooting. So we could see straight away as soon as we got down there. There was a lot of atmosphere. The opposition had a lot of atmosphere. There were other people down there watching. There was a birthday. There was a lot of chat before the game started. And we knew we were on for a, for a proper game of it. It sounds like you were the cop walking through the prison of all the juveniles we've uh, arrested and beaten before, that they've all ganged together to have a game against you, Liam. Um, I'm assuming you opened the bowling, and, and I think, I mean, I swapped myself out of this team to play locally, as I said, for some random guy, never heard of him, I think he's a bowler, Greg Willis or something, no idea. How did you both get on? We did all right, really. Um, I didn't bowl spectacularly, but bowled okay. Um, the opposition, good players, started out strong, played fairly aggressively from the outset. I think it's fair to say Greg bowled better than I did. But early on, first over or second over, there was a run out. So another run out in the book for Grazer. And we had their opener gone, not very happy. And then Greg, yeah, Greg got a wicket at the top and he, he, bowled, he bowled well. Nice, nice movement and, and really ask some difficult questions. Good thing about books is you can always read them and I'm pretty sure in the book it says it was the most village run out ever seen and I, I think you were involved uh, in getting it yourself, weren't you? Talk us through that. <laughs> two run outs and two games and all I've got is a load of shit for it. Um, what can you do? Ball was near me. The batsmen were both out their crease. <laughs> I've uh, looked at them... Actually, one, one thing that stood out during the day, which I found amazing for, in the first half of our innings, was our inability to keep the ball off the floor. So we've got a new ball, <laughs> hard deck, and a, an outfield which is absolutely drenched. Sodom. And the, the throwing the ball around the field back to the bowler, every single time it seemed to end up on the floor. So they've gone to run a single to the infield, and I think there's a bit of a lacklustre throw back in my direction. I've not even really clocked that they've thrown it to me. I'm just walking back to my mark. Um, ball is rolling along the ground. And the bats are kind of like, yes! Like they're going to go for, like, try and steal a single. Uh, Freddie can attest to this. I've looked over at them as if to kind of go, it's a friendly, look, don't bother with that. Just, you know, leave it. And uh, anyway, they're really keen. <laughs> They've both set off. I've like very slowly sprang into life and gone over to where the ball is, a bit bemused by it all. Looked over, by which point they're, both of them are halfway down the track and both of them are turning around. <laughs> so I've picked the ball up and literally just lobbed it in to Ben Fletcher, who I think this might have been his debut second game, looked really good behind the stumps. Took a very simple run out. Yeah, it, it looks like Ben had a good debut. Um, also, we had uh, the, the better Stevens playing. So a couple of new names and an old name. Harry Davis uh, had come back for his, his game of the season. So how did some of the newer lads came on? I think DNS had a bit of a day out as well as Harvey, uh, the better Stevens. Yeah. There were, there were really good performances all round. Um, and... Harvey Stevens on debut, left arm seam, hadn't played a like a, a 40 overs game, 35, 40 overs game for two or three years, he reckons. Bowled beautifully and picked up four wickets. He's bowling over the wicket, ball's just an angle across the batsman and the ball is just moving away late and they didn't really have an answer for it. Got some figures here. Um, seven overs. 
one maiden, four wickets for 17 runs <laughs> on debut. You know what that is, don't you? <laughs> yeah. You know what that is. That's Mal Stevens cooking, that is. That's the good quiche, good jeans. All of them are clearly have gone to Harvey because Will hasn't done anything in a while. But um, that is well done, Mal. We know you're listening, so uh, thank you for bringing both of your boys to the Ploughman's. We're excited to have you down for one of our club days soon. Um, so the bowling sounds like it was going all right. What did they finish on and uh, how did you yeah. attack? Um, DNS bowled really well. A couple of other bowling performances. DNS bowled really well. Bowled heat. Seemed to get faster with every over that he bowled. And uh, Carson took him off after five overs. And he basically said, I want them to be some batsmen left <laughs> so we can, so some of the rest of us can have a go as well. Because by that point, he was bowling quick. Um, and he looked really up for it. Uh, Greg was great in the field, took three catches as well as bowling well. And great to see Harry Davis back out there. He's managed to pick up a couple of wickets as well, bowled a couple of big turners. And after getting four wickets, Harvey on debut has managed to do a misfield off the skipper's bowling, which you love to see that off the skipper on debut. And then after that has also managed to put down a catch, which was... Fairly regulation off the skipper's bowling as well. Well, well, I'm excited to uh, see what Sai has in store with him at the club dinner at the end of the year for uh, for those two <laughs> mistakes. Um, so I can see here uh, one three eight, but that sounds like that was a good total on a wet day. It was uh, at a certain point we it looked like we could have bowled them out for less than that, and really. They, they batted quite aggressively all the way through. They had players all the way down the order. And they, that, that that turned out to be a reasonable total. And when we went back out to bat, as we suspected, they had a very, very good bowling attack. And after a couple of overs, we knew that we'd be up against it pretty much the right way through if we were going right to we get over the line. So, uh, so who won? Talk us through it. So Palmer's won couple of gritty uh, innings at the beginning from the top order. Some useful runs from Nirajan at four. Playing that all-rounder role. He's not bold on the day, but he's turned up as a batsman. Freddie Mills, with a brutal 24, looked in no trouble at all. And he got caught out by a very, very good one-handed catch. Chatting to Freddie after the game. I was scoring. I was dozing off quite a lot during that scoring innings. And it's quite possible that I actually just missed some of his runs off the score. It doesn't look like I gave him to anyone else. But the game might not have been quite as close as it's as it turned out to be if maybe I'd actually captured all of them. <laughs> Are you sure you didn't miss any of the balls he's faced? I mean, Freddie's hit his runs at a strike rate of 160, which that's up in the heights of me and DeRay. The, ma- the man's hitting the ball like he was in 2018 again. Yeah, it's quite possible that I did miss out a lot of the doubles. <laughs> that would make a lot of sense. But uh, a couple, couple of good innings as well in there. <laughs> Again, it's those long gleams. Yeah, so, Fre- so Freddie and Niraj, I think, probably got us the start. And then, really, it was two men in the middle order who took it away from the opposition. Could have gone either way at that point. And they really, um, Greg Willis and Dave Nielsen-Scott in the middle, really took it to... What was an excellent, excellent bowling lineup on on a wet day? You know, it wasn't particularly easy to bat. Slow outfield. Um, the one spinner who came on took some serious punishment from from Dave Nielsen Scott, and I think he went for three consecutive sixes in Nova, <laughs> which in a really tight game kind of swung it back in our favour. That's fantastic. And Greg was brilliant throughout. Yeah, stayed there after Dave and, and batted with some of the lower order as well. And and just about got us over the line. Speaking of the lower order, and, and, and I'm aware you mentioned you scored again. I think that's a couple of times you've scored. Um, last time you scored, you scored some runs. How did you bat? I, I, I just did what I needed to do, really. Uh, the opening bowlers came back on and they were, they were, they were good and they were, they were really up for it. Uh, all the way through, they were com- so up for it. Even when we only needed kind of nine runs left with three overs to go, they were bang up for it in the field. And I, I basically, you know, blocked out the good balls and let Greg get on with it at the other end, which I think was the right thing to do. The, I, I faced an over from 
um, one of their change bowlers, and they're not that that information isn't on Playcrete, so I don't have it in front of me. Guy I've seen around before used to play for Stratton Marlborough. Honestly, it's the best over I've ever faced. <laughs> Freddie Mills is umpiring, and every single delivery, just just back of a length, pitched off stump, moved away late, and I just shrugged my shoulders at the end of the over. Like, there's nothing I can do with that. That's <laughs> not that's not for me. That one. <laughs> uh, Blake, just uh, a shout out to. Max Wright, um, who wrote this match report, and he's actually written quite a few this season, but he described it as a great team performance, and I think that's a that's a very good way to say that. It sounds Absolutely. like everyone had a, a bit of involvement in that win. So, uh, beautiful. Any other notable contributions or anything after the game to talk about? Yeah, so just great atmosphere all round, really. We got on well with the oppo. As I mentioned, we knew a few of them. No cricket going on whatsoever, and, and they had a birthday there stayed with us in the in the pavilion until quite late on and it was just a brilliant end to what had been quite a good fun weekend I think for everyone excellent game of cricket really could have gone either way right down to the last I think we were in the second to last over when we won it two wickets in hand and yeah just a brilliant day out another close game of cricket and another example of plans getting over the line I was not Gutted at all to be sat at home twiddling my thumbs. I know Grant was uh, just down the road gutted again that you boys looked like you had a proper day out when we were all just uh, sat watching the showers go by. Yeah, this is it. And uh, we, we were told as well at the end that they've got four, four or five of their regular players missing, including Ron, who played with a couple of games for us last season, who's a serious, a serious player. bowler as well. So had, add him into that attack and that's... Uh, that's a serious team. We, we They did a bit of a plans on us at the end, like we've done many times before to South Bank, and gave it loads in the pavilion about how they're going to come down there next season with a stronger team. So we'll have to see what we can do about that. Well, South Bank always beat us, and uh, so it's not, it looks like we'll beat Viscount next season as well. <laughs> <laughs> Great. So uh, the plough march on to victory at DSG. Fantastic weekend. 1-0, 100% victory. Thanks very much, Liam. Let's move on to our next section, a special one, which we'll introduce in just a second. A very warm welcome to our second special guest this evening. Joining us on Zoom from somewhere across London, Rahul, welcome to the Thanks for Coming podcast. How are you? I'm good, mate. Thanks for having me. Sorry for being late. Sweating a bit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I tried my best. Victoria Lane was not helping me today, mate. That's all right. We've uh, we can uh, we can accommodate lateness in uh, plans. Uh, just ask Logan and Puff. We'll do. We'll do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, Raul, for our listeners out there, a couple of questions that I'd like to ask you, sure. which we ask to most of our guests on this show. First of all, how uh, when did you join Plamans and how did you come about joining us? Right. Uh, I'll start with how how about like came to know about Plowman's. I started playing cricket in 2013 for a club called Baker Street Regulars. Um, and in, so I joined them because I met this guy who used to work with me in the same team. Um, and we were just talking about cricket and in the pub and in walks uh, Leon Parks. It was like, you guys play cricket? It's like, yeah, we do. It's like, oh, we should have a game. It's like, do you play cricket? I was like, yeah, I play for a small club called Plowman's. We just play friendlies here and there. Um, I was like, fair enough, mate, set up a game. So um, Leon sets up the game. We all arrived thinking, oh, right, Plowman's. Uh, so I think the first game was a DSG. <laughs> and I very clearly remember Leon for having said that we're just a team who plays friendly. I think that game was played by Tom Lonnon and you had a couple of your league players and Leon goes out to score a century. And we were just like... <laughs> <laughs> Nice, nicely done, Leon. <laughs> Thanks for that. <laughs> um, but the, the the one thing which struck with all of us a proper alpha move from Leon. There. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, mate. He wanted that bragging rights at work, I think. And I still remember, like everybody was really intense on the field. But as soon as he got out of the field, everyone was super friendly, and that was one thing which stuck with Baker Street as the club as well. And they really enjoyed playing against you. Um, so it remained a regular fixture. I uh, I used to play for Plowman's as a ringer a couple of times in a year, here and there. And then Baker Street, um, 
didn't really su- survive that long. So yeah, joined Plowman's last year uh, as a full full team member. Fantastic. And since your uh, full team membership, what do you have any standout memories of your time here? So oh far? wow, uh, that's a lot actually. It's just it's only been half a year, and I already feel like I've been with Plowman's for a long time. Um, Standout has to be tour. I'm not going to go too much into the details. We had a pod on that. Um, game-wise, has to be one at Banstead, I think, um, which probably was one of the best games I've played in probably a few years, uh, where an entire team just pushed to get a victory on a very hot, not-so-friendly conditions. Um, yeah, I think that, that stood up. Uh, and rest all the times and all the beers that I have at DSG to stand apart. So, yeah. Fantastic. If you haven't listened to our Plans Tour special for 2021 yet, give that a listen and you'll hear about some of um, Raoul's contribution to our tour, which did not go unnoticed. Final question, uh, well, final introductory question for you. Who's your favourite Plowman? Ooh. This, I know everybody who comes on this says that, you know, it's a very difficult question. It actually is, because when you're when you're literally as close at Plowman's at a cricket club, it's not very easy to pick up one. But I will, like, I have so many Tom Lane, Iskander, you guys over here, right here. But I'll go for one guy, because of whom all this is possible, Leon Parks. Um, he's He's been, I mean, he's, he's an absolute gent. <laughs> Uh, he's, he's, he's always been a great friend in, and you know, even, even if it's not about cricket, just at work, outside work. Um, um, and yeah, what a great cricketer too. So yeah, I'll go for Leon Parks. Here, here. Now, Liam, you've gone through our, uh, usual questions there, but after your experience uh, at your outside broadcast and your live interviewing that you've been doing in the last couple of weeks down at Oval and here at the Brown Derby or Derby Brown or whatever it was that you were stood outside of. I thought as a journalist, I'd uh, run you through an interview setup, ask a few questions between us, see if we could get the Michael Parkinson of cricket out of you. Um, I'll start and if you just uh, follow suit from there and we'll test your skills while asking two of, as I said earlier, Plough's biggest impact players their thoughts on a few matters. So, Raul, you mentioned there you've, you've played at a lot of clubs. You mentioned why you joined Ploughman's, but why did you stay at us? What sets us apart from other clubs and why are we so alpha at cricket? <laughs> um, okay, I'll start from why I stay with the Plough. Um, I, I remember I even while I was playing against Plough, I used to look forward to that fixture. Um, first, wanted to beat you guys. We never did. Almost, I guess came close one game where Grazer was bowling and I remember him bowling to me he almost got me out a couple of times and I think Harry was the one who got me out if Spinner is he is he the same Harry I'm thinking of um Spinner he's the one who got me out I almost got us to win and I was gutted because I was thinking I was the highest bat 32 35 or something if I remember it right 2017 2018 game so yeah sorry going around uh, I always used to love playing as a plow and and like the fact that how intensely you take the game on the pitch with all the sledges and everything but outside it's just fun loads of lads just having fun who get along with various different cultures background like as coming from india very important for me um it was just inclusive rahul a couple of weeks ago uh, in a casino in the early hours of the morning you described yourself to me as the kind of Ben Stokes of Baker Street Irregulars. <laughs> no, that is, that is, is correct. Surprise? That is correct. <laughs> I was... Is it a surprise to you that you couldn't pull out a Ben Stokes performance against the plough to get uh, Baker Street over the line even one time? <laughs> uh, when things you say when you had a few beers. <laughs> um... <laughs> Yeah, I'm actually really surprised. But then, you know what? Ben Stokes hasn't done that against India. So he's done it against Australia. He's done it against a few teams. He always struggles against India. Could have done it this season, but he's not playing anymore, unfortunately. Uh, but yeah, so probably, you know, you still have one bogey team. You can't beat them, you join them. I love that. 
Baz, so um, you've played for different clubs as well, coming to us from Australia. Obviously, you've settled here, your family, your, your beautiful son, Harry. Um, you've chosen Plowman's and, and staying in England, and, and clearly that's just because of, of the cricket. So what makes English cricket so much better than Australian <laughs> cricket for you? Yeah, that's a loaded question. Um, <laughs> good one. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it's actually easy to answer though. It is better. Um, I feel, you know, probably my experience in Plowman's compared to the one back home. Like, I really enjoyed it playing back home. There's a lot of great memories, but I guess when I came to London and met so many good guys at a, you know, really cool part of life for me in London, you know, it really helped me want to stay because actually at the time I couldn't. So, you know, just got the Italian passport and <laughs> that's how I managed to stay and you know Plowman's was a large part of that and yeah now I've got a, a son and he he's through Plowman's you know Steve Brito we're at Lord's and then we went to have drinks with ex-work colleagues and that's where I met my partner and yeah it's crazy like you know without Plowman's where would I don't know where I'd be and what I'd be doing so yeah Crazy club and yeah, super, super grateful. That's lovely. I can't wait to see him take the Plowman's blue and gold baggy and play for Italy's international cricket team one day uh, on a tour. <laughs> can't wait for that. He's already had a bit of a go at the, um, the Plowman's blue and gold baggy down at Oval. <laughs> Actually, I wanted to say I got a court and bowled with my dad bowling as a stand-in one day as a, we had a late dropout in Dubbo and I caught it at a time when I wasn't a great fielder and it probably was one of the greatest moments of my life. So hopefully, hopefully he likes cricket and we can repeat that. That would be cool. <laughs> Is that your dad bowling and you took the catch? Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> Came out of retirement. Baz, you mentioned there you, when you weren't a great fielder. Obviously, many people at the Plowmans only know you as a good fielder and not only a good fielder, but you've won three fielding awards in a row. Um... Any advice for Liam to help him not bottle his hat-trick of Clubman Awards that he's uh, running for this year? Because he normally does bottle hat-tricks, so he needs all the help he can get. <laughs> hat-tricks are hard. Um, on the fielding one, I think I probably won the, the second and third on a bit of merit. I think DeRay was pretty unlucky. <laughs> he, actually, he was probably robbed. For Liam getting Clubman, I think uh, he's probably got it sewn up, hasn't he? He's doing everything for the club at the moment and... You know, playing all round guy, great, doing a good job. Does it does it bother you that Nick Ridgway won Fielder of the Year four times in a row? Um, <laughs> ah, well, it's going to be hard to beat. I'll say that, <laughs> especially with so many quality players now. But I think in the first year that I joined, I managed to tie, maybe for second place. I don't know if they can find the results from the the thing that year. But it was pretty. I was pretty close to winning. I think I tied with Tom James actually. He didn't turn up. Rahul, um, we've just put out the the special tour episode, and, and we mentioned obviously your tour antics and the impact you made on it. And um, there was one comment during the episode at the end of your twenty four hours in paradise. I can't remember if it was Bob or Rich that said that's a future captain in the making. There, the impact that he had on the day. I mean, you didn't even touch a cricket pitch, um, but you're getting those kind of comments. What do you think makes a good captain in club cricket? Captain in general is somebody who just brings the team together, isn't it? Um, think he has to probably be better at cricket than me to be a captain for sure. Just somebody who actually is there to to put put his heart and soul for the team. Which you know, Cy Carson is a really good example for you know a club captain. Like he's there for everything. He just leads him from the front, be it tour, be it you, you know he arranged the Euro finals thing. He was there. Even even for I remember recruitment side before I knew Grazer was on doing the recruitment I think as bringer when a couple of times when I played for Plough, Simon used to message me and say, "Mate, we are always looking for players." Even though he knew that I'm at the Breaker Street, like you know, he's always like messaging me, having a chat. And whenever I used to play as a ringer, and if he's the captain, he's always make sure that I'm part of the team, like not made feel like an outsider. Um, which is which is yeah. Um, but yeah, there are so many captains in Plough. Like, oh, somebody, if, if someone said, I missed that part on uh, in the pod. If somebody actually said my name, I'm bloody very honoured. Like, you know, just being one year in the team and someone thinks I can be a captain, that's that's amazing. Uh, yeah, that's great. 
Now, Baz, you've been in the club for quite a while and played under lots of different captains. Who were some of your favourites? Who, you know, what what did people do well on on days that you really enjoyed? Um, I think, like Rahul said, it's about someone that can kind of just bring everyone together. You don't even have to be the best player, but sometimes that definitely helps to lead from the front. Um, I really like playing under Matt Ridgeway. He, I like his energy. You know, he's someone like I just kind of can work for. But um, also, you know, Cy Carson and Jaden Stasado, really good captains, like really, really different styles. And it's good It's good that we get so get to play under so many different captains as well. That's one huge thing about the club. You know, everyone gets to have a turn at some point and you get a bit of a test and see if you enjoy it. So, yeah. Yeah, I love that. That's my favourite thing that you turn up on a Sunday and there's probably someone, I mean, I've, I've done it at one point and I was like, I'll be honest, it's the first time I've ever captained anything. So, yeah. Uh, you know, thanks very much. Good luck, guys. Let's go out and win. Um, it is a great aspect of the club that we, we still do that. Very stressful. Very stressful. <laughs> yeah. <Of course. laughs> oh, my God. I feel, I feel like a bowler is just, you know, when he bowls a wide, it really offends me. <laughs> Are you doing this to me? <laughs> when you're the captain. Yeah. <laughs> Taking it personally. Yeah, it's horrible. Spence, we wanted to want to ask a bit about mindset here. We've got a, a rare opportunity with some of the games being cancelled to ask some some different questions. And as you said before, both of these guys have made real impact in games. Um, uh, same same questions to both of you, really. Um, Baz, I've I've followed your uh, plans career a little bit closer than I have Raul's, but I, I wonder what it's like going out to bat. Or bowl when, due to lots of different circumstances, uh, rain, bowling opposition out for small totals, changes in team lineup, injury, whatever, you're not necessarily batting every week or you're not necessarily bowling every week. So you don't have that recent run of form to go off. You're not playing that regularly. And then by virtue of that, you're also called upon usually in the toughest moments. So something's gone wrong with the batting lineup. We're behind where we should be. Which, you know, bowling's not going to plan, something like that. And I, I've seen you over the years, I've seen you do that a number of times, probably more than anyone else in the club. It's not to say that you only do that. I've seen you back at the top of the order and, and bowl in many games as well. But I'm particularly interested in the mindset. What's going through your mind when you go out to play in a scenario like that? When you're batting, it's really easy for me. Well, it's not easy, you know. You've just got to try and keep it as simple as possible. Um, recently, like, I actually was really, really struggling with my fitness and I really relied a lot on my partner. So having a good partner at the other end is actually huge, even if you're, the, I guess, the dominant guy and you, you might have to do a bit more. You know, the partner does a lot of work in speaking to you, making a clear plan, picking certain fielders. You know, you got to think about that. Hold on. One sec, guys. I think baby Harry may have just uh, dropped a bomb. I'm going to have to take him one sec. One sec, sorry. No, 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 that's fine. R- Rahul, I'll, I'll come to you on Liam's question because um, we batted together in a scenario where we knew there were lots of runs left to get. Um, and I kind of came in and you, you kind of were the, the dominant one in that situation. So, you know, you, you've batted with the tail end, you've batted with middle order on, on Sundays where sometimes you have got to do a lot of the work and take control with guys that don't normally bat or don't even want to bat in some occasions. So how do you kind of bring yourself to that? Like Barrow was trying to say, uh, it's very simple. Like I play my cricket very simple. Um, I just want to enjoy when I'm out there. Um, that's the first thing. Um, I know it's a competitive game, so you got to. You know, I'm always looking to win, but at the same time, if you're not enjoying yourself and if you're worried and stressed, you're just not going to do any good out there for your team. Um, I try and play with the focus of my natural abilities, which I am good at. I'm good at stroke play, so I just go with that mentality. And at the same time, like he was actually saying, a very good point is about a partner having it one at the other end who is also talking to you because I'm, I'm, I'm better with somebody who's a bit more calculated on the other end just telling me <clears throat> exactly what the plan is sometimes just so that it brings my nerves down. Uh, but most of the times it's just me trying to enjoy 
uh, every 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 ball which is up now there I just I just love cricket I just like going on the field so it it doesn't really phase me or puts me down if it's like you know oh we got 100 runs to go 200 runs to make what am I going to do if we lose now nah, um, we'll try and win it mate let's see how it goes I love that and you definitely have that mentality I mentioned earlier your uh, one bounce into the church six at Hollies I mean, it was a it was a definite losing game, but you came out swinging anyway and put shivers <laughs> down the opposition doing it. Oh yeah, that's another strategy I sometimes use is that just be so happy on the field that the oppo just goes. Have we got this other way round? Is there is there the gun batsman or somebody who just walked in is like really not bothered about the scorecard and he's just laughing and actually giving us some sledges. And they actually get a bit worried about what's going on. And but obviously, maybe after ten balls, they do realise he's just full of shit. But at least with the ten balls, I got them. <laughs> no, I'm I'm kind of coming to the end of my questions. I'm, I'm sure Leon might have one or two more. But Baz, um, we're talking about batting here. But you've also been a, a brilliant bowler in league games. Um, when you come on, you always again make that impact, and that, that's what we're talking about. You're five wickets away from fifty for the club. I don't know if you're aware of that. Despite your, despite your very long career that we've talked about, you're only on the 45 wickets, despite always taking wickets when you bowl. So have you been criminally under-bowled at Plowman's Cricket Club? <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> I actually used to not be a bowler at all and just kind of completely imitated my action off someone from back home. So it just seems to, I guess, work over here. But yeah... I think we've got enough bowlers now where I'm kind of only doing it to fill in for people and I guess that that's really working for us to have lots of options but yeah I definitely enjoy the English pitches yeah, it's, it's sure. massively working for us when every other bowler is getting smacked around and you come on and take four or five off a couple of overs that's <laughs> definitely working for us <laughs> every single time it's one of the best plan B's I can imagine why is it not plan A that's what I don't get <laughs> still still don't have a fifer ever Ooh. so if I maybe I could get a few more overs that's awesome it's great to hear from the bit, bit of insight and we, we've we've managed to indulge our listeners with that today because as we said some of the games are called off so thanks very much for, for sharing some some real thoughts and, and and past experiences with us and thanks for tolerating our silly questions I think it's about time now to move on and have a look at our fantasy section. Sorry uh, sorry about running off as well in the middle of my question. I think I was even rambling, so it probably saved me. I'm pretty sure he just wanted to yeah, get involved, mate. He's just like, I want to be in part yeah, of the <laughs> That's right. We, intru- we said there'd be three guests on there anyway, so we took into account that it would be Rahul, yourself, and Harry making a, an appearance at, at some point this evening. The better Harry. <laughs> <laughs> We'll see, we'll see. <laughs> Did you name Harry after Harry Davis? No, Prince Harry. <laughs> no, not really. You're, you're look-alike. <laughs> not really. <laughs> so for this week's fantasy section, I'm going to ask Matt Spencer a couple of questions. First of all, tell everyone something they already know. Who's top of the fantasy league? It's uh, that big pissed unit, T-Rex. Um, he has gone over... <laughs> He has gone over 10,000 runs and somehow had Greg Willis in his team this week, um, getting him a a lot of runs there. So jugs all round, still at the top. Excellent. Which fantasy team had the best game week this week? One of my favourite team names. It's T-Bangers, G-Bangers, James Tisato, and then best friend of the show, Ainsley's in second place with the Gold Coast Plows seconds or twos that he's uh, put in there. He's obviously angling for a, a, a game in the twos at some point. Good good to see the league skipper, Tiss, winning the week. Like to see that. He's obviously tuning into the podcast on a regular basis to hear league, league skipper winning a week when there's no league game, so he's clearly only selecting Sunday players. <laughs> Backing his team. <laughs> 
So that covers off that. And then in terms of players, who had the best, who scored the most points on the field this week? Uh, so I mentioned him just there, Greg Willis. Uh, he got over 100 points. He had three catches, 32 runs not out and a wicket. But a special mention to Freddie Mills, who was the highest scoring batsman. He scored 24 runs, giving him 24 points, but he's still only on 20 points for the season, and that's because of all the minus points he's collated over the other weeks <laughs> he's been playing. <laughs> we love to see it. So, conscious of time, very quickly, we're going to go to our guests now. So, starting with you, Rahul, what's your tip for this coming weekend? I think tip for the coming weekend would be Iskander. Put him on the runs, he'd get some wickets too. And I guess he didn't have such a good game the last couple of games, so he's, he's due some runs now. Nice. Barras, same question to you. Weather permitting, I'm going to say James Desado because he's got a baby coming and he wants to have a big game before he has some time off. So I reckon, I reckon he's going to be pretty G'd up for it. Love to see that. We've we've seen some correlation between babies and runs this season. Yeah. So that's good insight. And then that's, that's why I had one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I saw I saw Cam Williamson. So, yeah. It's a good idea. I reckon Tom Lane's also do some runs. I was thinking about that. It's a wild card to go for. Yeah, I'm not sure he's gonna be popping out a baby anytime soon though, so we might have to wait till next year. Yeah. You never know. <laughs> Final question for our fantasy section. Looking ahead to the remainder of the season, who's your tip for our listeners, Raul? Gumpert's uh, definitely, but I think I'm going to go for Leon Parks. He's he is going to make some runs. He's looking. He's 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 working on his batting. He's I've talked a few times about, uh, with him, and yeah, I'm I'm going to go for Leon Parks for the rest of the season. Also keeps wicked, so yeah, there's some catches in there for you. Friend of the show, Leon Parks, gets a lot of shout-outs in this section. Barras, looking at the remainder of the season, who's your hot tip? I'll have to say DNS, Dave Nielsen-Scott. Pretty damaging, bad and ball. Yeah, brutal. Brutal in the nets as well. Great bit of insight. Thanks for sharing your thoughts with us. For our listeners out there, you've heard the boys. Get them in. Our final section of the show today is uh, I'm feeling a little bit nostalgic reading this out because it's Matt Bolshaw's favourite section of the show and he's not here. But we've got Matt Spencer lined up with some answers for us. So first up, who's the top run scorer in the club uh, this season so far? Uh, it is Max Gumpert, but Surrey is hot on his heels and he's only 15 runs away from his thousand for the club. So I think Surrey might want to try and track him down. Nice. And who is the top wicket-taker? Again, it's another close one. Lewis is at the top. But again, Bolshaw's only four away from his 150. And if he were to play and get those four wickets, he would overtake Lewis, who, as we know, is out with another injury. He is, yeah. Lewis has been out injured for, for a while. And no one can catch him. He's that good. King of the castle. Daisy Dukes. Well done. Sledge of the week this week comes from... We don't have a sledge of the week this week. But we have got a Who Said It. So this is part of the show where we read out a quote. It doesn't have any context. And you try to guess who said it and who they were talking about. So, Spence, if you would. My wicket tally would be significantly greater if you didn't dip your hands in butter before walking out on the field. Wow. <laughs> um, quick flick back to last week, and we very rarely do this, but as we've got you on the show this week, Adam Barraclough, the, the, uh, who said it last week was, you better fucking not drop this one, mate. Could you fill us in on the context around that? I think I said it to Iskander when I passed him my child. So, you know, <laughs> that was... I was pretty no. I was pretty nervous. They looked about the same age. So, yeah. I wasn't. That's my that's that's my favourite. Who said it of the season so far? So we don't have any new players to read out this week, and we don't have any correspondence. Nobody sent us anything about tea. We've got three games coming up this weekend. Spence, who are they against? Uh, we're going to be playing Wandsworth CC in the league. That's a home game. So do get yourselves down. 
And uh, hopefully it won't be raining and wet, but we're playing the Thames Otters and we know that their pockets are normally fairly damp. Uh, that's home game on Sunday and the away game on Sunday is against Ripley CC, which I think is quite nice at Ripley. I, I can't remember. I've been there myself, but I think I've heard people saying it's quite nice there themselves. So uh, three games there and uh, hopefully three wins. Excellent. And that Otters team is a friend of uh, someone Freddie Mills knows from Kenya. I believe Freddie might be making a guest uh, captaincy appearance. So that'll be exciting. So quickly, Obsessed by Line and Length this week goes to, uh, and there'll be no surprises here, Debutant. Is that right, Spence? Yeah, he's on debut, as uh, as Max Wright and a couple of the boys would say. But Harvey, the better Stevens, you mentioned his stats earlier. His four wickets, 17 runs off seven overs. Economy of 2.43. And from all at the game, it was uh, fabulous to watch. So obsessed with line and length and uh, doing it for the Stevens family. Cheers. Uh, last question, and I'm going to have to ask you to keep this quite brief because we're pretty short of time here. But firstly to Rahul, do you have any superstitions or routines when it comes to cricket during the game or preparing for the game? When I go in batting, I always look where the sun is, try and spot where the sun is. Don't know why I do that. Um, and every time I enter the pitch or the ground, I always put my right foot forward and into the boundary rope. It has to be the right foot. Okay. Nice. Okay, we've got some proper superstitions there. Interesting. Um, and Barras, same question to you. Um, sorry, Harry's crying. Um, I've got one serious one. Like, I only wear odd socks, and I'm pretty serious about it. You won't ever catch me wearing a pair of socks. That's excellent. I'm going to have to run across London now. I'll finish up by saying, um, Matt Spencer, thanks for joining me today. Uh, really looking forward to the remainder of the season, working on this together. That's going to be a lot of fun. Thanks for coming. To our two guests, you've been fantastic. Adam Barraclough, Rahul Nair, thanks for coming. Thanks for coming. Thanks for having us, lads. Yeah, cheers, guys. I really enjoyed that. <laughs> that was fun. Really enjoyed it. And finally... To all of our listeners out there, thanks for coming. This is Shane Warren. Make sure you plough on. Do plough and CC. Plough on, guys. It's too much. We didn't win the link by accident. We did that by design. It was very much planned. I just try to get it in the right spot, really, and see what happens. He said to me, mate, I really think you should put your lid on. Next ball, bowl me answer. We went for six. So. <laughs> this, this club is beyond cricket. Plough cricket is the greatest club in the world. Oh!